Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. Let's go on into the Word of God this morning in Luke chapter 3. I'm in this series on the Holy Spirit today. Or I've been in this series on the Holy Spirit and we're going to continue on. And I, I, you know, I was feeling the pressure this week as I was preparing and praying about today's service. I was feeling the pressure of saying, man, this series is just, is dragging. And it's almost like the Holy Ghost said, you let me determine that. I am teaching my people how to stand in a time when everything else is falling. Say amen to that. And, uh, and let me tell you something. You can lose control and have perfect order. Where the, where the church has messed up as a whole is we have mistaken control for order. And we have stood up and controlled our churches and controlled our services and have controlled our lives and have lost complete order. My God in heaven. But the Holy Ghost says, you give me control and you can have perfect order in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Glory be to God. Hey, before we start, just lift one hand and say, in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, I give you control. Bring order in my life. Amen. Yeah, yeah, you just prayed something that just, <laughs> the Lord's supposed to move on you now. <laughs> Luke chapter 3, and we're going to begin reading in verse 15 now. As the people were in expectation and all reasoned in their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ or not, John answered and saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and Fire! Somebody shout fire. fire. Amen. His winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. That is what's happening, church. Right now, that is what's happening. The Holy Ghost is blowing across the church of this world right now. And it is cleaning out the threshing floor in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Everybody say amen to that. Uh, praise the Lord. Let's go to Acts chapter 1 today. Now, I, I want to just make sure you understand that the Bible says in, in Luke right there, and it says it in another part of the Gospels, that Jesus is the one who baptizes with the Holy Ghost and fire. How many want all Jesus has? And look at your neighbor and say, I'll take your part. Amen. Uh, Acts 1 verse 4, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them. He didn't suggest it. He commanded them. He didn't say if you had time. He commanded them. He didn't say if there was a coronavirus going on. He commanded them. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Go over to Acts chapter 2. I am praying for people to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire today. And I'm praying for some of you old school Pentecostals that haven't had the fire in a while. You get so messed up, somebody's got to tote you to your car today. 
I'm, I'm waiting on, I'm praying that some of you that are so rigid that, you, that the God can't do nothing, that you slobber on the floor and we have to wait till about three o'clock and, and try to bring something to eat in for you. I want God to hit this house so powerful today that everybody that just acts like they got some control loses control so the Holy Ghost can have some order in the house. Hallelujah. Oh, that's what I want. Oh, yeah, eyelashes on the floor and, and weaves left and, and shoes all over the floor and purses done got scattered. And I'm talking about, uh, I, you know, your eyeshadow and everything running down your, I'm talking about a Holy Ghost move. Hallelujah. Glory. That's what I'm talking about. Somebody talking about, where my eyelashes? Amen. My eyelashes out of them, thing them, they were supposed to be magnetized. Now they done came off somewhere. Lord Jesus. <laughs> Y'all laugh, but I done synced it. Amen. Verse 1, chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing, rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues of fire as it each sat upon each one of them, and they were all. Everybody shout all. They were all, not just the apostles. Hallelujah. Not just the ones preaching. Not just the ones that had a title. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. And each one of them spoke with tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Watch this. In verse 13, and there was some mocking. And they said, let me, let me tell you something. If you, can, if, if, you can, if you can completely understand and naturalize the, everything that is happening, God ain't moving. I know there's some pastors that are preaching out there right now saying the Holy Spirit won't make you uncomfortable. What about conviction? I know there's some pastors out there preaching right now saying if it's the Spirit, you'll understand everything. Whatever. I know there's some pastors out there preaching right now that, 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 that if it's the Holy Spirit, you won't do nothing crazy. Well, let me just tell you what they did in the book of Acts. They were mocking. Why? Because they thought they were drunk. And Peter stood up and said, we're not drunk as you suppose, for it is the sixth hour of the day or the third hour of the day. But this is that which Joel prophesied of, that in the last days I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. If a preacher's trying to naturalize the moving of the Spirit, he ain't got what he says he has. Come on, somebody. My God, preacher, you go to the upper room. And you get it, and then you go and, and, and release it to the house. Naturalizing the move of the Spirit. Got to figure out everything. Well, I don't understand it. It ain't God. No, 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 no. Where were you when he formed the world? Where were you when he told the oceans don't come this far? Where were you when he hid the treasure of the snow? How much is it? How much is stored up? <laughs> Glory be to God. Tell me how a brown cow can eat green grass and produce white milk. No, no, no. I, we done naturalized this thing down to where if we don't understand it, it ain't God. I'm going to tell you right now, God, God is sovereign. God's all by himself in this thing. And if God said it, he'll do it. And he don't have to have our understanding for it to come to pass. Glory. I feel like preaching now. 
Let's pray today and ask for the Lord's blessing. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the people that you have drawn here today. I thank you for the word. Oh, my God, where would we be without your word? For man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Spirit of the Lord, I release complete control over this service to you and whatever you want to do. In the name of Jesus, I pray, come and pour fire on this house God come and pour anointing on this house come and pour glory on this house God let daddies get so full of the spirit that they take the rightful place again let mamas get so full of the spirit that they quit cheating let let children get so full of the spirit that they obey their parents and let the family and let the house of God get such fire that they testify of the resurrection of Jesus in these last days Holy Spirit, come and do what you do. Ah, thank you. I look upon my availability, not my ability. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of the Lord Jesus and everybody that agrees with me, shout amen. Ah, before we're seated, we're going to say it by faith. Look at three people and tell them you need some fire and God's here to give it to you. Hallelujah. You need some fire and God's here to give it to you. Ah, praise the Lord. Ah, praise the Lord. Now, I want to put out a disclaimer. Uh, But is that a tongue in the house of God? Yeah, come on, release that, brother. There's a tongue in the house of God. Hallelujah. Come on, Holy Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. Come on, can we clap one more time for the Lord today? We celebrate the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. Those of you that are new today and you say, my God, what is that? What just happened, man? It's what the Bible calls the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. The Lord is speaking in the house. We give God praise for it. He said, if all you have to do is ask, and I will give unto you my spirit, for it is my spirit. You don't have to be afraid. And that goes right along with the word. The word of God says that those of you, if your son came and asked for bread, would you give him a stone? He said, if he came and asked for a fish, would you give him a serpent? He said, if you, know, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. He says, how much more does your heavenly father know how to give good gifts to those who ask? It's right along with the word, done decently and in order. And we say yes and amen unto the Lord. Now, back to my disclaimer. 
my disclaimer is this. I am not up here today to debate a, a denominational doctrine. Say amen to that. Amen. I, I'm not up here today to debate on tongues. I'm up here to preach the word of God and to get you full of the Holy Ghost and fire. That's it. I'll let God settle the rest with you. Hallelujah. I'll let the word of God settle the rest. But I am here today under the anointing and the instruction of the Spirit to kick down a few walls. I'm here today to, uh, to, to, to kick out a few mindsets, to, ev to evict a few thought patterns that are contrary to what God is saying and what he wants to do in your life. Now, if you're a newcomer here today and, and, and you hear me uh, preaching, what you're going to hear me preaching some on tongues and, and talking about the work of the Spirit, and, and you're going to say, well, what about this, what about this? Well, go back and watch the other three messages I preached because I started out preaching on who the Holy Ghost is. I talked about preaching who he is, and then the last time I preached, I talked about the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. And, and I talked about the second work of grace, the second work of the Spirit, and I laid all that out through uh, Scripture. So you can go back and watch that, and, and you'll find out that this, this is what I said according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. When you get saved, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into Jesus. Brother Timothy, is the speaker's working over here? I didn't get an amen from this side over here. Do y'all got the AC up too much? Let's turn. Don't let folk be freezing in here on me. They'll, they'll tune me out. Amen. The, the, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into Jesus, into the body. That's what happens when you get born again. But after you are born again, you need to understand there is a baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. And according to the book of Luke, Jesus is the one who baptizes you into the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. How many, wanna, how many are glad for the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire? Glory. Jesus baptizes you in the Holy Ghost. Well, who baptizes in water? The disciples baptize people in water. You don't have to have a title. You don't have to have a, you don't have to have a certification. You just got to know the Lord, love the Lord, and believe that when you baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, there's the dead. Their old man has went into the water, and their new man has come back out of it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so I talked about that second work of, of grace. It does not, the bat, let me say this in case someone's confused. The baptism in the Holy Ghost does not save you. You can be, listen, you cannot have the baptism in the Spirit and be on your way to heaven. It's just going to be a little tougher to get there. Hallelujah. Ah, but when you've got the power of God, you don't fall to the stuff you used to fall to. When you have the power of God, know ye not that you shall receive power not many days from now. When you have the power of God, you can be more of an example and witness of Christ on the earth. I'm not preaching an elitism. I'm not saying you're a better Christian. I'm not saying God loves you more. I'm not saying that you have met some kind of elite status. There's no room in the kingdom of God for that. I'm just saying, listen, there is a potential, a full potential that God has on your life and you'll never reach it until you have been filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. So we talked about the work of the second work of grace. Now, 
Let's go on to number two today. Praise the Lord. And we're probably not getting any further than number two. Just being honest. We're going to. Yes, sir. Come on. Those of you watching out there, shout preach, preacher. Amen. Number two. The baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire is the language giver. We're going to talk about heavenly language today. Now, I'm not going to go into the teaching of the four types of tongues. I don't have time. But I'm going to go into the language giver. And I'm going to go into the heavenly language of what happens when you're baptized with the Holy Ghost. Because many of us are from traditional denominations. And we were taught things like the speaking in tongues is of the devil. And we were taught things like if you ever hear somebody speak in tongues, it has to be interpreted. That's one type of tongue. That's not all types of tongues. So I'm going to lay some clarity out today, and it's going to help somebody. This is about to kick a wall down for somebody, and you're going to get the baptism of the Holy Ghost today when I tear down this religious wall that somebody built up in your life. Hallelujah. And we're going to tell and I'm not bringing it from the Assemblies of God doctrinal stances. I'm bringing it from the B-I-B-L-E, wrote by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Ah, so let's talk about Let's talk about this heavenly language. I'm not talking, or when I say a heavenly language, obviously I'm not talking about your earthly language. I'm speaking of your heavenly language, or better known as speaking in tongues. Could you ever imagine that we would, that we would be in a day in, a, in the church as a whole where nobody wanted to touch this subject? Hallelujah. I'm not going to touch it. I'm about to tackle it under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Eh, listen, everyone I know, including myself, when they were baptized in the Holy Ghost, they spoke with tongues. I do not know of one person that when they were baptized in the Spirit, they did not speak with tongues. Now, there are some people that received their heavenly language and did not release it till later. But I'm telling you, tongues were given at that time. Now, watch this. They, we call it, here in the Pentecostal world, we call it your prayer language. So, again, I'm not here to get into a debate with you today. I'm just going to lay some groundwork. And let, listen, I, you might not agree with me, but when the rapture happens, you'll know I'm right. Amen, Pastor. It, it really don't matter where, I, where I've been in the world either. I, I have been in Nairobi, Kenya. I have been in uh, Chennai, India. Uh, I've been in Dublin, Ireland. Um, I've been in the city of Jerusalem. Uh, Massachusetts. Uh, <laughs> If the Holy Ghost can fall in Massachusetts, I've been in Los Angeles, Flowville, Georgia, to Locust Grove, Georgia, and everybody that I've ever seen get baptized with the Holy Ghost spoke with tongues. So I'm not here to debate with you today. I'm just telling you, I, we're work, we are at 100% right now. 
100%, regardless of their geographical location, regardless of their background, regardless of their ethnicity, regardless of their nationality, they spoke with tongues when they got baptized with the Holy Ghost. Okay? So, so let me lay this out. The Bible says, I just wrote it in, I mean, read it in Acts chapter 2, that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in, all gathered together in the upper room, and there came a sound as a mighty rushing wind from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they all began to what? Speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. This was the very first time that the Holy Spirit came to live inside of people. In the Old Testament, he would only come upon kings, and he came upon prophets, and he came upon priests and he came upon judges but in this new testament he didn't come upon he came to tabernacle he came to live inside set up his residence inside of earthly beings in Acts chapter 2, and in Acts chapter 10, the Bible says that while Peter was still speaking these words, the Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, and, and as many as came with Peter, uh, but they, were, they were astonished because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. In Acts chapter 19, and the Bible says that Paul came to a, a place in, in, in Ephesus and he met some disciples and, and, and he says, hey, have you, this is what your, listen, as a follower of Christ, this is what your question needs to be when you meet people that you even think might be a believer. This is what you need to ask. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you have believed? And they said, man, we don't, we ain't even heard of a Holy Ghost. He said, well, then what were you baptized in? They said, we, we were baptized into John's baptism. He said, John truly came baptizing under repentance. But there was one that came after John. And, and he said, he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. They believed the word. And they were baptized in water. And then when they came out of the water, the apostle Paul laid his hands on them. And the Bible says they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Hallelujah. Again, I'm not here to build an account on tongues. I'm here to kick down walls today. I'm here to break down mindsets today. I'm here to give the devil a black eye so that you can get everything that God has already said is yours and you can begin to move in the power and the anointing and the presence of God that's yours. These are three examples in the Bible where people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues as evidence. Everybody say evidence. I want you to understand, understand this. Tongues is not the baptism of the Spirit. It is the evidence. Hallelujah. Power. Everybody shout it like you got the Holy Ghost. Shout power. There you go. Power is what happens when you have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And tongues is just the evidence that that power has showed up in your life. Glory be to God. And in Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 8, no one spoke in tongues 
I've given you several examples. No one spoke, or the Bible does not say, let me say that very clearly. The Bible does not say that people spoke in tongues, but something happened because the Bible says that when uh, John and when Peter and John came to lay hands on the believers of Samaria, they had been saved, they had been water baptized, but the Bible says the Holy Spirit had not fell upon any of them. And when Peter and John showed up and laid hands on them, the Bible says that something happened. It was so tangible and it was it was so physical with the with the natural eye that a man named Simon walked up to Peter and John and offered them money that he might receive the Holy Ghost. And Peter said, Your money perish with you, and even the thought of your heart is wicked. I want you to just notice something that when the Holy Ghost and fire showed up, it began to reveal what had been hidden. Hallelujah. It began to reveal the dangerous agendas that were trying to destroy destroy the church. Glory be to God. This man, Simon, had been able to travel with Philip the evangelist. He was out there passing out cards. He was out there doing work in the ministry. And, 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 and it was not revealed until somebody showed up with the Holy Ghost and fire. I'm not saying Philip didn't have it. I'm saying that when Peter and John showed up to deliver the Holy Ghost and fire, the agendas of the people that sought or the demons that sought to take the church out got revealed. That's why. everybody shout that's why oh shout it like you got the Holy Ghost that's why we will never stop preaching on the baptism of the Holy Ghost that's why we will never allow this church to go in the main streams of complacency and down the river of lukewarm living that's why we are not ashamed of the power of God and the gifts of the Holy Ghost why because when he shows up he begins to reveal stuff that's been hidden and dangerous agendas that seek to destroy the church Hallelujah. That's why, that's why we don't come in here. Oh, glory be to God, I'm meddling now. That's why we don't just come in here and you sing three or four songs and we receive tithe and offering and then I throw you about 15 minutes of some good thoughts. Just want to, just want to engage your thinking for a minute as if I'm throwing you chicken feed. I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, he said, well, however you feed them is however they'll be. If you want chickens, feed them like chickens. He said, but if you want sheep, lead them down into some green pastures and let them eat of me and let them eat of the bread and let them eat of the wine and let them drink of me. Hallelujah. That's why we don't come in here and just high five you and get you out in 50 minutes. You want to know what the you want to know what the Bible said? I don't know who I'm handling now, but the Bible says they tarried, they waited on the Holy Ghost. My God, some of you don't have the Holy Ghost because you don't have time for the Holy Ghost. You got time for everything else. You got time for everybody else, but you don't have time for the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. They waited. They didn't wait 30 minutes. They didn't wait an hour. They waited 10 stinking days. My God, are we hungry or not? 10 days 
days of somebody saying he's coming and he ain't. He hasn't. Ten days of the same preacher getting up prophesying. Ten days of the same people praying. Ten days of the same people and the same song singing. But there was a day of Pentecost. And when it fully came, the Holy Ghost showed up. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Uh, Let me go on. So there's four different accounts. Four different accounts that when people were filled with the Holy Ghost, something happened. I don't know what Simon saw that day, but can I just, will you give me a little theological uh, elasticity? Let me say that just for a moment. I believe that when when Peter and John walked up to some of them disciples and laid his hands on them, laid their hands on them, I believe Simon saw some of them begin to shake. I believe Simon saw some of them, heard some of them begin to speak with tongues because the Bible said that when he, when he saw what had happened to those believers, he said, let me get some money out. Oh, my God in heaven. I, I believe that when he, I believe that's Peter and John were working the prayer lines. My God, that's the reason we have altar calls. That's the reason we have altar calls. I believe as they were working that prayer line, I believe that Peter and John saw some of them, some of the people when they laid hands on them, they hit the floor. I'm going to talk about that manifestation one Sunday. You'll see it three different times in the Bible that when the power of God came on people, they hit the floor. Well, why do people fall down? Because they can't stand up. It's really that simple. When a supernatural power and a supernatural presence and a supernatural anointing comes on your natural being, there are times where your natural being cannot handle what is being released on your body. Hallelujah. I believe they saw some of them dance. I believe they saw some of them sing. I believe they saw some of them smile because they hadn't been smiling in a long time. I don't know exactly what all the manifestations were, but Simon saw something and he began to pull his money out trying to buy it. Let me tell you something, complacent church. Let me tell you something, lukewarm church. You can't buy the move of the Spirit. You can't trade for the move of the Spirit. You can't bargain for the move of the Spirit. You gotta hit your knees and you got to get along with God and you got to give him control so that he and he alone shall move in the church of God. Hello, sir. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, isn't it amazing? Now, let me, let me bring this because some of you are like, teach me more about tongues. Okay, here we go. I'm going to try to step into for teaching and preaching just for a moment. Isn't it amazing uh, that when the baptism, I said this, but I want to just bring this home. When the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire showed up, it exposed what had been hidden. It exposed what had been looked over. It exposed the demons that had been able to hide. Hallelujah. It began to expose this. That's what the church needs. Listen, there are people in here with demons. There are people in here with issues. There's people in here with oppression and depression. There's people in here with chains. They don't want them. They're here. Do you think they want them? They've shown up for something. 
They don't want that no more. They don't want to be bound to perversion. They don't want to be bound to alcohol. They don't want to be bound to drugs and homosexuality. They don't want to be bound to religious and hateful thinking. They want freedom, my God, they want freedom. But resisting the move of the Holy Ghost does not allow the Spirit to move. It grieves the Spirit when He tries to move. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Listen to this. All right. If you're going to just think about this. Don't write this down. Think about this. Isn't it mind-blowing? Those of you in Facebook land, put the chips down. Listen to me for a second. Isn't it mind-blowing that the church of America has no no issues with the other eight gifts? This ought to give us insight into where the devil is working. I've never seen anyone get the left foot of fellowship because they moved into gifts of healing. I've never seen anyone get kicked out of a church because they went and laid hands on a kid that had terminal cancer and the kid was healed. You get your healing stuff and get out of here. Never seen this. I mean, can you imagine a leadership walking up to somebody? You healed that kid and you weren't supposed to. Get out of here. I've never seen anyone get the left foot of fellowship because they moved in the gift of faith. And God supernaturally paid off the building and the property. I mean, can you imagine the leadership walking up and saying, you get your faith stuff and get out of here. I bet they kept the money. (laughs) I bet you didn't give the money back. I've never seen anyone move in the gift of knowledge and bring breakthrough into a ministry and heaven comes down over a church and all of a sudden the leadership tells them to get out. I mean, can you imagine the leadership coming to someone when breakthrough has come to a ministry because someone had a gift of knowledge and they're saying, hey, you get you and you'll move of God and get out of here. But all of a sudden, when it comes to this one gift, all of a sudden when it comes to the speaking in tongues, there is a major resistance. And dare I say, Hostility. I've seen more people of God get the left foot of fellowship from other people of God because of tongues than anything else. Why? Listen, the question is, why is there such hostility against tongues and not the other gifts of the Spirit? I'm going to give two reasons and then I'm going to be done today. I'm running out of time. One of the reasons can be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 8 through 12. It is probably one of the most misquoted and misunderstood portions of Scripture in the Bible. Here's what it says. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. 
Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, and though I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see, everybody shout now. Come on, say it, shout now. Now we see in a mirror, dimly, but then, everybody shout then. Then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. This is probably the most misquoted and misunderstood scripture because people have built denominations around tongue ceasing. But there, you, need to, you need to understand the whole portion of scripture. You've got to get down and, and rightly divide the word of God. You can't take a sentence out of the Bible and build you a belief system around it. Hallelujah. In many traditional denominations, this is taught it is taught that the Apostle Paul, when he says that which is perfect has come, it is taught that he's talking about the Bible. Now, the Bible is perfect. There is, there, listen, there are no errors in this thing. But he's not talking about the Bible. How do you know that? Because the Bible says, when that which is perfect has come, you will see face to face. You will know as you are known. That means there will be no more questions. That means there will be no, you won't have any more questions. What he's talking about is when you stand before Jesus and you see Jesus face to face, there will be no need for tongues. There will be no need for prophecy. There will be no need for knowledge. Why? You're in heaven, man. How many are excited about heaven? Hallelujah. You're in heaven. You won't need no gifts of the Holy Ghost. There ain't nobody to heal in heaven. There ain't nobody to deliver in heaven, my God. There's none of that. But let me, if you know somebody that knows everything, and I ain't talking about that claims to know everything. Wives, just look straight up here. Don't say nothing. Trying to help you. I don't want no fight going on at the chicken place today. I don't know one person that knows everything, that knows every mystery, that doesn't have one question. We all see in a mirror dimly. This is why we have the gifts. This is why people stand up in the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues are given. This is why prophecy is given. Why? So that that which we don't know can be given to the house of God. But when we get to heaven, oh my God, when we get to heaven, Every answer will be given. There will be no mystery. You won't walk around saying, I wonder about this. You're going to know as you are known. Hallelujah. You're going to see clearly face to face with God. Face to face with him. Right now, we, if somebody says, I have no need of knowledge, don't hang around them no more. I'm, I'm being serious. They're, they're not good for you. 
We have need of knowledge. We have need of prophecy. We have need of tongues right now. But when that, oh, the old school, you sing it. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. It's talking about when we get to heaven, church. Oh, I can't wait for heaven. I can't wait for heaven. I'm looking forward to heaven. Hallelujah. Now, let me go into the second reason, and then I'm done. The second reason why there is hostility and resistance towards, the, the, towards tongues is found in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 39. Put that up just real quickly for me. Now, listen. I want, you to, I want to paint you a picture. I want to put you into the context of this scripture. The church, especially in Corinth, has every gift of the Holy Ghost moving in it. You want to talk about a service? My God, if you would have been in the Corinth service. If you would have went in there for an hour, they didn't even get done with praise and worship. <laughs> Before an hour. Man, there was gifts moving all over the house. People prophesying. Gift of faith working. Healings were breaking out. Miracles were being done. The gift of, I'm talking about the working of miracles. Now, the working of miracles is not a slide of hand. It ain't no magic trick. I've watched people's legs grow out. I've watched, I, hey, Deborah Patterson as my witness. I watched her empty her purse. She told me on the phone, I've emptied my purse. I don't have a passport. I cannot go with the first missions team we were sending to Ireland. She was supposed to be over it. She's in the airport. They won't let her on the plane. Me and Lisa and Jezra, I said, Lord, work a miracle in the name of Jesus. She looked in the purse she just emptied out, and the passport is sitting in the purse. I know God works miracles. Hallelujah. This is what the church needs right now. We don't need a bunch of human, uh, human understanding and natural ways of man. We need a Holy Ghost move of God that is supernatural in the earth. Hallelujah. They had all this going on. Now watch this. The Apostle Paul writes 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is the list of the gifts of the Holy Ghost. This is talking about we're all in one body. He pauses in the middle of 12 and 14 and writes verse chapter 13. This is the chapter on love. Why? Because if you don't have love with the gifts, it's like eating two buns without no burger in the middle of it. There ain't no meat. Where's the beef, man? There's no meat in it. I don't want two pieces of bread with mustard, ketchup, mayonnaise, and pickles. I want some meat in it. So he pauses in between 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and he talks about love because he tells them you can move in all these gifts, but if you have not love, you are a clanging symbol. You ain't doing nothing for the kingdom of God. And then he begins to write in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and he begins to explain the gifts and how they're to move decently in an order. In the house of God, how they are to be edify the church. Hallelujah. How they're to bring edification to the church. Now, one of the last scriptures he writes, and I realize there were not chapters. I know there was not chapter divisions in the original transcript, but it's my sermon and I'm preaching it. 
Hallelujah. But before he ends chapter 14, this is what he writes, and it's going to help us to understand the hostility and the resistance against speaking in tongues. He says, therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy, and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Why did the Holy Spirit say this? Because the Holy Spirit was looking down through the eons of time when there would be a church that would raise up that was so full of itself, so full of its own mind, so full of its own thinking and dependent on its own that they would begin to forbid the speaking in other tongues. And he says, hold on one second. If you forbid the speaking in tongues, in essence, you're going to forbid the baptism in the Holy Ghost. And if you forbid the baptism in the, I'm bringing you one circle. If you forbid the baptism in the Holy Ghost, you forbid people receiving the power of God and therefore you are left to your own demise you're left to your own (laughs) hallelujah to my knowledge nowhere else out there does the Bible say this about any other gift it does not say do not forbid the, the, the healing Do not forbid the working of miracles. Do not forbid prophecy. Do not forbid the discerning of spirits. But the Holy Spirit stopped and he said, do not forbid the speaking with other tongues. My God, that was an indictment against 85% of the churches of America right now. That's an indictment, man. You've kicked people out of your house for obeying the word of God. Uh, hallelujah. I believe the Holy Spirit saw the schemes of the devil before he could ever perform them. You see, if I was the devil, and I'm not, even though some might call me, no, I'm just playing. I'm not the devil. But if I was the devil, I'd do everything I could to get you resistant. To get you hostile towards the speaking in other tongues. Because when you resist and you become hostile towards something, listen now, you build walls up. You build mindsets that protect the way, your way of thinking and believing. Therefore, if I can get you resisting tongues, and since tongues come at the baptism of the Spirit, then I can get you resisting the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if I can get you resisting the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I can make your seat vacant on the day of Pentecost in the upper room. And therefore, you will not spill out of the bottom. You will not spill out of that upper room. You will not come out of that upper room full of Holy Ghost power. You come out of it full of fear. You come out of it full of judgment. You come out of all this stuff that you went up in it, and therefore there will be no Peter standing up. This is that which Joel prophesied of. There will be no more. There will be no Stephen working miracles and turn around and rebuking the Pharisees. There will be no Philip in Samaria. There will be no Apostle Paul that is leading and writing two-thirds of the New Testament church. And there will be no John on the Isle of Patmos that said, in the day of the Lord, I seen him high, and I seen him lifted up and I heard him speak unto me and he gave me the scrolls that referred to that which is to come now he's been exposed now oh wow 
now I see why my life is falling apart. Now I see why I don't have the power to live my full potential in God. Let me tell you something. The devil don't want you praying in a language he can't understand. Well, pastor, I don't even, these folk, these folk praying in tongues, I don't know what they're saying. They're not speaking to you. They're not talking to you. First Corinthians chapter 14 says, he who speaketh in the tongue speaketh not to man, but unto God. I'm not speaking to you. I'll speak in your language and I want you to know. If I was the devil, I wouldn't want you having a language I couldn't understand. I wouldn't want you praying mysteries. I wouldn't want you praying mysteries from heaven on the earth. Oh, no, 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 no. I'd want to turn around and neutralize you to your own understanding. I'd want to neutralize you to your own power so that you can't put your bottle down, so you can't put your nicotine down, so you can't put that girlfriend down, you can't put that boyfriend down. I would neutralize you to your own power so you can't put your hate down, you can't put your religion down, you can't put your greediness down. I would reduce you and neutralize you to your own understanding so that when God tried to give you a revelation like you're getting right now, you had a wall built up that would not come through. But if I was God, Hallelujah. If I was God, I'd send a Holy Ghost field, anointed man, a woman of God to come in and preach until every wall you had was broke down, until every mindset you had was broke down, until something began to hit you and burn on the inside of you, until you were baptized with a glorious fire of heaven and go out to do something big for Jesus. If I was God, I'd have you praying in tongues in your sleep. If I was God, I'd have you laying hands on the sick. If I was God, I'd have you preaching when nobody wanted to listen. Come on, stand up. If I was God. Instead of you leaving your marriage. Who am I talking to? I'd have you on your knees praying mysteries. I'd have you on your knees praying weapons of mass destruction against the enemy. If I was God, instead of you walking around in fear, my God, fear everywhere. Pastors gripped by fear won't open their churches up. Were you called or not, man? <laughs> There's people dying and going to hell in your city. Got your doors closed because you're scared. I'm done. 
hallelujah. If I was God, pastor, I'd get you on your knees. And I'd have you pray in the Holy Ghost until you felt your fire again. Until you felt your call again. Until you was no longer scared of getting sued or no longer scared of the Rona and no longer scared of any kind of racial divisions, no longer scared of none of that. You just stood up and preached this glorious gospel in this nation if I was God. If I was God. I'd take I'd take the people. He son of my. He son of my. I'd take the people that everybody's given up on. I'd take the people that everybody said won't never amount to nothing. I'd take the people that was addicted and and buried by depression, buried by pain and buried by anger and buried by offense and, and buried by, by all this other stuff and I'd take them and I'd knock them off their horse and I'd blind them for three days with their eyes open and I'd put them in a prayer closet until I found me a Holy Ghost man, a woman of God that'll walk in that room say I know we're supposed to be six foot apart I know I'm supposed to have a mask on but brother Saul what I have I give unto you be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire and receive your sight and I'd raise me up a preacher I'd raise me a head no more. I'd raise me up a preacher. So full of the fire of God that when they stoned him and killed him and pushed him over a cliff, I'd raise him back up and have him walk through the city the next day. I'd raise me up a man of God or a woman of God that's so full of revelation that he writes things that other men and women of God says, even what he writes is hard to understand. I'd raise me up a man of God, hey son of mine, that when he was beaten, thrown into prison, which should have been his worst hour, became his best hour. For at midnight, Paul and Silas were chained down in a prison. They wasn't watching Netflix. They didn't have no TV. They didn't have no heat and air. They were fed with the bread of affliction. But the Bible says at midnight, they began to sing praises unto the Lord and began to have an old time prayer meeting. And the Bible said that God sent an earthquake and he quaked the very foundations of that prison until every chain was broken. It wasn't just Paul's chain. It wasn't just Silas's chain. Because when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, everybody else's chains start breaking off. Hallelujah. I was God. I'd have a man so full of the Holy Ghost that if they bowled him, they couldn't kill him. And when he was by himself on an island, instead of having a pity party, he said, Oh, it's the Lord's day. 
<laughs> it's the Lord's day. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I saw the heavens roll back. And I seen the Alpha. And I seen the Omega. The beginning and the end. The ones whose eyes are like fire. If I was God, I'd look down on this service right now. And I'd say, whoever hungers, whoever thirsts, Whoever's empty, whoever's needy, whoever's messed up, whoever's without, whoever feels lonely and whoever feels abandoned, whoever feels like they won't make it, whoever feels like I hate them, come unto me and I'll give you rest. Drink of me and you'll never thirst again bow your heads all over this place. Those of you watching right now from home, I know you sense the power of God. We sense it all over this house right now. I know you sense the Lord ministry. I want to thank you for watching today. I know I've said some things that are contrary to the mainstream contemporary gospel that is being preached right now. But I brought it out of this word. Eat of the Lord and you shall never hunger again. I thank you for watching. If you need prayer for anything, salvation, baptism in the Holy Ghost, prayer for healing, prayer to be delivered, whatever it may be, prayer for peace, prayer for restoration, let us know. Hit us up on the chat line. We'll begin to pray for you. There's people that will respond to you right now and we'll pray for you. I want you to know we love you. And I want you to know we bless you. And I thank you for watching today. In Jesus' name. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.